0: This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. As we stand, let us pray. Holy Spirit, come to us. Comfort us. Challenge us through your word. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. On the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter, the same Peter who seven weeks before had shown himself to be a coward, afraid even to say that he knew who Jesus was, found his voice. Boldly, he addressed the crowd, a crowd that was made up of all sorts of people from all over the world. It was great to have a taste of of some of the many languages in our Acts reading today. And some in the crowd were amazed by the display of God's power as they witnessed the miraculous events of that first Pentecost, with people speaking in a multitude of languages. Others sneered. Peter addresses this crowd with extraordinary power and authority. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be god declares that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and i shall show portents in heaven in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and smoky mist the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, we are living in those last days, these last days of which the prophet Joel referred and of which Peter spoke. These last days are the days when the promises of God are being fulfilled, the days when the Holy Spirit is being poured out. So what are the signs that we are in these last days? Well, they are, the prophet Joel and St. Peter tell us, the signs of blood and fire and smoke. The brutal killing of George Floyd, the fires and billowing smoke in riot-torn Minneapolis, Atlanta, and 30 cities last night around the country, including here in Pittsburgh, are these not the signs of the last days in which we are living? Concerning these last days, in, the, in, in the reading today, Tom Wright, Bishop Tom Wright writes this, the early Christians believed that they were living in a period of time between the moment when the last days had been launched and the moment when even those last days would come to an end on the day of the Lord, the moment when with Jesus's final reappearance, heaven and earth would be joined together in the great coming and renewal of all things. And mention of blood and fire and clouds of smoke and of the sun being turned into darkness and the moon into blood could refer to a great eclipse or other natural phenomena. But those who were used to the language of biblical prophecy knew well enough that these were regular ways of referring to what we would call earth-shattering events. Things in society and global politics that would shake to the foundations what we call the fabric of society. Terrifying times, in other words. Times of great instability and uncertainty. This passage of scripture, and I, I, I commend to you to read the rest of Acts chapter two later today, this passage speaks powerfully to us on this day this 31st day of May, 2020, for we are living in frightening times. We are living in the midst of a global pandemic, which by the way, hasn't just gone away, it's still here. The likes of which the world has not known for a 100 years. And we live in a nation that continues wickedly, sinfully, tragically, to operate under the curse and shame of systemic and pervasive racism. You know, the COVID-19 mortality for black Americans is 2.4 times higher than for whites. I wonder why. The imprisonment rate of black adults is nearly six times that of white adults. I wonder why. Let me tell you, it is not because uh, black people are under some sort of curse from God that they get sick or that they're somehow more, um, I don't know, li- more sinful and, and misbehave more. This is absurd. And many of us, of course, have seen the truly sickening video this week of the brutal arrest of George Floyd. A man regarded by some of his peers as reported in Christianity Today as a de facto community leader and elder statesman. The way George Floyd was treated with complete disregard for his safety is a sickening scandal and a stain on our society. Sadly, there may be some people who don't want me to talk from the pulpit about these things. They feel uncomfortable to hear me speak in such strong terms about racism here in the US. But I make no apology. We must not be silent in the face of evil. The blatant abuse that George Floyd suffered is but the latest in a long line of white people treating black people indifferent to their unique, made in the image of God, dignity and worth, as if their lives didn't matter at all. But I confess, it's it's a little too easy for someone like me, a privileged white man standing literally in a pulpit, to pontificate. Words are cheap. What are we going to do? What is the calling of the church in these last days? God tells us through the prophet Micah that we are to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. And I think part of our calling at least is to be silent no longer. For while words can be cheap, they are also immensely powerful. St. James reminds us that the tongue is like a rudder that steers a great ship or like a small fire that can set a great forest ablaze. What we know as Christian people is that our God is a God of justice. Our God is the God who made George Floyd in his own image. And God loved George so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so that George, along with every black man and woman, may not perish but may have everlasting life. Talk about black lives matter. You bet they do. They matter to God and they better matter to us. How did we start our service today? Near the beginning, we have the summary of the law. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your heart and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is what? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And who is my neighbor? My neighbor is George Floyd. Armod Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and on and on could we list names. Our God is the God who has poured out his spirit upon all flesh, on black and white, women and men, girls and boys. On this day of Pentecost, let us remember that the work of the Holy Spirit is to lead us into all truth and righteousness, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, including racism, complacency, and silence in the face of injustice. As Christians, we need to stand up. We need to be known as those who are unequivocally, unswervingly, unashamedly against racism, And the answer, of course, is not lawlessness, looting, and rioting. But nor is it hand-wringing, despair, or indifference. What else can we do? I think we need to learn again to speak the words of hope in the face of the grave despair that is a mark of these last days. You know, most of us are much better at expressing our despair than our hope, our anger than our love. Too often and too easily, Christians, like many others, express their outrage on social media and think that by doing so, they have made a stand. Really, is that what making a stand looks like? Is that doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly before our God? Many social media rants are just that, rants, that end up being displays of judgmental self-righteousness that seem to be more about making those posting feel better about themselves, having publicly vented, often pointing the finger at others, rather than being truly and humbly righteous. You know, very often we are guilty of simply adding fuel to the fires of hatred. I'm grateful to my dear friend and and former associate rector here at Ascension, David Troutman, who posted on his Facebook page on Wednesday these words. It was a brutal, slow murder, a chilling reminder that racism is lethal. There can be no excuses. There must be repentance. And then he added these words. It starts with us. And he went on to quote these words of Alexander Solzhenitsyn that I want to read to you. If only it were all so simple, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds, and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being and who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart hashtag george floyd hashtag repent hashtag examine your heart Pentecost, I know, is a great day of celebration. It it is exciting to remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit with tongues of fire and the sound like a mighty wind. Thank you, children, for your sound effects. All the different languages being spoken. But Pentecost, I have to stand here and tell you, is all about, it's fundamentally about repentance and examining our hearts. That's what Peter was preaching about On the day of Pentecost and that is the only pathway to reconciliation with God and neighbor to hope and to life. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit was emboldened and unafraid to tell it like it is as as he preached to the crowds he he said of Jesus this man whom you crucified But God raised him up and as Peter laid out the truth of the gospel, a message that declares all to be sinners, all to fall short of the glory of God, all to be without excuse, alongside the hope that comes from the just, merciful, powerful, and loving God, there's only one right response hashtag repent, hashtag examine your heart. And the people on that day cried out, what must we do to be saved? Indeed, what can any of us do to be saved? How can we be saved in these last days? What's the answer? Flame on Facebook, shout louder on Twitter. For the love of God, no, no, no. luke tells us the way in which many of those present on the day of pentecost did respond when they heard this they were cut to the heart and said to peter and to the other apostles brothers what should we do peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ so that your sins may be forgiven and you will receive the holy spirit For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Hashtag repent, hashtag examine your heart. In these last days, we are called to examine our hearts, to repent and to stand for justice. In a letter put out by some of our Anglican bishops, including our own bishop, and commended by Archbishop Foley on Friday, they write this, and this is just an excerpt. As bishops of the Anglican Church in North America, we commit ourselves to standing alongside those in the black community, as they contend for a just society, not as some attempt to transform America into the kingdom of God, but as a manifestation of neighborly love and bearing one another's burdens, and so fulfilling the law of Christ, we confess that too often ethnic minorities have felt like contending for biblical justice has been a burden they bear alone. In the end, our hope is not in our efforts, but in the blood of Jesus that reconciles God to humanity and humans to each other. Hashtag repent. Hashtag examine your heart when we do this when we examine our hearts and see them as they are selfish broken wounded judgmental self-righteous if then we will cry out to god we discover that shockingly amazingly and wonderfully he has been calling out to us all along in 2 chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 we read these verse these words this is when solomon just dedicated the temple and god says to him if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven And I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Brothers and sisters, do not harden your hearts. Repent, call on the Lord and be saved. Let us humble ourselves, pray and seek God's face. That God would hear our prayers, forgive our sins and heal our land. I wonder what fruit might come if our response in these last days was marked by humility, repentance, prayer, and a seeking of God's face. Peter saw extraordinary fruit from his preaching. Luke tells us those who welcomed his message were baptized and that day about 3,000 people were added. Now, I wish I saw that kind of fruit every time um, I get in the pulpit, or every time, you know, anybody in this pulpit proclaims the gospel, or each time any of us shares our faith with friends, neighbors, and colleagues. But don't be discouraged. Consider for a moment the first martyr, Stephen. He is described as a man who was full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. He was an excellent preacher and when he spoke those who opposed him couldn't stand up against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke stephen's preaching was just as clear and challenging as peter's like peter he was called upon to bear witness to christ in a tough setting and like peter he was up to the task by god's grace but unlike peter the results was seemingly very different. When Peter finished, the crowd responded with repentance and faith. When Stephen finished, the crowd responded by dragging him outside the city, stoning him to death. Whereas 3,000 turned to Jesus after Peter's sermon, we're not told that anyone did after Stephen's. Indeed, in Acts chapter eight, we read on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. It doesn't seem fair. Peter's message led to mass conversion, Stephen's to mass persecution. And yet with that came the extraordinary spread of the gospel to the ends of the earth. What both these men had in common was their obedience to Christ's call to proclaim the gospel. And that task is not limited to the prophets of old or to the first disciples or to professional preachers today one thing is absolutely clear the holy spirit was given on the day of pentecost on the day of pentecost for one reason above all others to empower christians to spread the good news about god to take the word of god's salvation to the world and though i would love for the holy spirit to be poured out here this morning to give us all complete certainty in our faith perhaps or immediately to restore everything that is broken. Of course we want that. And to make us, you know, enjoy the most powerful, awesome worship we've ever experienced. Difficult to do with 25 of us, but nevertheless, that's what we want. But that is not what Jesus promised us when he promised the Holy Spirit. Nor is it what happened when the Spirit was given. Jesus promises and promised the Holy Spirit so that we would be equipped to testify about him that we would be messengers to the world, so that we would speak boldly about righteousness and judgment, about sin and forgiveness, that we would be guided into all truth, and so that Jesus would be glorified. What will be the outcome of the Holy Spirit being poured out afresh among us? Will we see a fresh turning back to God? Or might we be persecuted? I can't answer that question. But for as long as I have breath, I will declare that there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved than the name of Jesus. And I will proclaim that every man, woman, and child needs to be transformed by the Spirit of God. On this Pentecost Sunday, hear afresh god's words of life and truth and ask him to fill you with his holy spirit that you may be empowered to give a reason for the hope that is within you so that you may do justice love kindness and walk humbly before your God, so that wherever we encounter death or despair, we will know and declare that with God there is hope. Let us pray. And I invite you to join me in a prayer of repentance and invitation. If you're willing, please pray with me in your heart. Lord, I am sorry for my sin, my selfishness, my indifference to others, and my self-righteousness. I turn to you. Please forgive me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to serve you and to love and serve my neighbor. Come Holy Spirit, and have your way among us. Please heal our land. And finally, using the words of the prayer for social justice in the prayer book Almighty God, you created us in your own image. Grant us grace to contend fearlessly against evil and to make no peace with oppression and help us to use our freedom rightly in the establishment of justice in our communities and among the nations. To the glory of your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, amen.